0: Back from CES. I yeah, baby. Got a bad, I hear you got a bad <laughs> bout of uh, food poisoning. Wink, wink. <laughs> After attending the uh, McKinsey
1: party. Yeah, a little bit. How was that? Uh, fatherhood uh, doesn't involve the drinking like I did in my 20s, so. <laughs> it catches up like yeah, that We, really we had a good time. We had a good time.
2: Uh, yeah, those Long Island
1: iced teas. <laughs> old fashions were flowing like a drinking fountain, man. Uh-huh. Oh,
3: something about those dueling pianos and a <laughs> vegas cocktail lounge singer that really <laughs> yeah. makes those old fashions flow like water
0: yeah that's awesome yeah how was it phenomenal and uh we had a first timer this yeah. year uh yep, jason yep. you've driven driven past vegas with Dr- your driven
1: through like <laughs> five times and. uh you know, grabbed a couple burritos at the far end of the strip, but ne- never never stayed the night. Uh, <laughs> not exactly my place. If I if if I was working and you know in a booth and had somewhere to go at every hour of the day, I think I think I could enjoy it a lot more. But uh, no, it was great to you know finally get out of the home office and see Simon after like ten plus years. Even though we've been what working night? together for over a year um yeah man it was it was great uh super fun trip super inspired um mm. a lot of insights and cool learnings and ran into a lot of old friends so mm. yeah and it, it may it may uh, help help the audience we can redact this if we want
0: to learn that simon is uh, simon's in brooklyn jason tyler matt you guys are all in portland and uh we're over everyone knows where we are over here in melbourne yeah good old melbourne town um so it was hilarious seeing that photo of you two uh that night because i think it was like what like nine somewhere between 9 and 11 p.m when you both got into vegas that night and um yeah. you were having a beer and you simon had looked like he'd already been up for three days straight so. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well yeah. I, I i mean it was technically what like 1 a.m and, and that was coming yeah. off of a, a busy work week on top of plane travel so yeah. But had it was three hours it ahead.
1: Was yeah. Three hours <laughs> yeah. ahead.
3: Yeah. It was it was it was it was great to see uh it was great to see Jason and uh you know we we kicked into full gear CES first thing in the morning and uh yeah it was uh it was an it was an awesome seventy-two hours or so
0: I would say.
1: I put down forty two thousand steps uh in two wow. days. So yeah, shit. pretty good. That's more than that's more than I do at Disneyland. So that's <laughs> that's something. <sounds like>
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: Great. I don't, I don't know how people do more than those that amount of days there. Uh, and We still couldn't see every part of the show, yeah. but uh, yeah. the the areas we were able to focus on, uh, I think we took away uh, a lot from what we saw and investigated. Yeah, I don't think many people do do more, do they? They kind of hit it hard for
0: the first couple of days, and then that third day is it's starting to fizzle out a bit. At least, at least that's my experience at most trade shows. Yeah, could be wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. If uh, you know, just pulling back going into the show, uh, you know, you're always excited to see the the Samsungs, the LGs, uh, Panasonic, Sony, yeah, like the real kind of consumer electronic stuff. But there was uh, there was some really you know well orchestrated like huge brand stories. Uh, <clears throat> you know, multi-multi-multi-million-dollar build-outs to to share, uh, you know, a cohesive, holistic concept. And a lot of those really seem to take place over in, like, the automotive and transportation technology side of things. And Kia, um, with their kind of platform beyond vehicle concept was you know that that booth that was hard to walk away from uh it was kind of firing on all cylinders from you know uh, a range of concept vehicles on display they had probably one of the biggest booths there uh had kind of four quadrants that were you know color-coded to speak to the different stories you know 40 foot by you know 25 foot video walls behind everything that was really showcasing what you'd expect to see in an app, or right on the, the front page of their website, along like, and, and that is all kind of reflecting into the environment, and you know, super immersive and really well orchestrated. Uh, I, it, you know, in a lot of ways, it, it feels like they're hopping in and and taking. What's kind of being left on the table by a you know a rival and Canoe and and it's one of those concepts that I I hope uh, Kia puts into their system and you know once they once they start to execute something they execute it fully uh, as as seen by the, I think like the way they've grown and their their design execution has really elevated in the last five ten years. Mm. Um, But what was really cool is, you know, product and and brand coming up and serving each other as stories, I think, was the the real big takeaway there. And you can see kind of the, the The booths or, you know, the brands that really uh, resonated throughout the two and a half days there were the ones that, you know, had a really clear, digestible, but immersive, holistic kind of brand and product approach coming up together. So uh, if you walked out into the parking lot, Kia had a lot of their production EV uh, stuff. So they had another similarly expensive build um, with, you know, video wall and kind of like a, a virtual test drive situation in there. And that was very much like Kia fully executed brand now and you know their vehicle design and aesthetic. But the showcase on the on the inside of the west hall of that, that vehicle platform was you know, really exciting, playful, fun, kind of new version of Kia that i I hope they they move towards absolutely, absolutely. you know
3: I've never been a a, a huge Kia fan, but what they've been doing in the last yeah. couple of years has been absolutely. Uh, amazing, uh, You know, considering where they're where they were coming from and how much they were up against to mm. give a, a, a new perception of their brand. But, you know, what was interesting is the the the, the indoor uh, platform beyond vehicle exhibit, which featured sort of a modular uh, van situation, whether it was for uh, commercial or, um, you know, lifestyle purposes, it was it was a fully modular uh, van system, uh, EV that, you know, I mean, it 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 looked clean, it looked modern, everything about it, the booth around it was beautiful. But the in contrast, the outside Kia exhibit that focused on their new EV cars uh, was really focused on their vehicle to home technology. So really what it was is it was a very modern sort of prefab home build uh, that you could actually hang out in this house. And it showed how they imagined their vehicles sort of connecting, and the interwoven electricity story uh, within this uh, modern house. So, so the not not just one, but two Kia activations I thought were among uh, the best yeah. at show, and they yeah. both told the story of uh, product stories as brand stories. Yeah.
0: When you were t- when you were explaining that, Simon, I was I was trying to figure out why we think that the these modular platform beyond vehicle uh approach why this approach why why it resonates with us and um why the design language feels cool at least for designers and i think um it's big be- jason we speak a lot about product design influencing vehicle design more and more and the changing yeah. landscape of the automotive industry it's no longer this idea of a car kind of exclusively being an extension of my personality, which it still very much is, but um, it's we're moving into a new world with autonomous vehicles where cars need to do more and serve more more needs. And so, this idea that um, you know things look beautiful and simple like Lego pieces, uh, we're we're inundated. Our minds are kind of overloaded with a ton of expressive shit, and so quite often the simplest stories are the most powerful. So I think that's, that was one of the fresh refreshing things about that Kia PBV um, story. And then, uh, you know, that, that product story, Jason, you always talk about, um, what do we talk about? Uh, the product is the story. So the, the better that you can communicate a modular system in a vehicle platform, um, the more opportunities that it offers up for uh, promoting the brand and uh, at, at a brand level. So I think that's something that was pretty exciting. Yeah. We'd like to take a moment to remind you that Play & Conversations is brought to you by Play & Co. If you want to explore
3: more about design opportunities, discover new insights, or connect with Play & Co. for a design project, be sure to visit playandco.com.
1: And I think I I would say, uh, like, just kind of digesting, you know, the actual aesthetic execution, you know, it was a pretty sprawling set of concepts. I think there's still opportunity. Uh, to like drive home that fully modular aesthetic. Like, yes, the different scale or, you know, physically sized platform or executions had, uh, you know, the Kia brand language and their down the road headlight uh, kind of graphics. But I think to take that even deeper and deeper and really serve the business and serve the storytelling and the clarity of that type of concept is to really begin to get like shared components across each of those, no matter the, yeah. the size of the vehicle. And that's where mm. I, I see things going further and further. The other thing, uh, just kind of building on what Simon was talking about. Platformization. Like, yeah, yeah, but where, what Simon was building on, like the uh, the connected home, it, it is interesting. Like now being a a, a Tesla owner um, and seeing kind of like that transition to EV it's it's something i'm i'm way more engaged with my vehicle like prepping the climate uh interior before i get in the vehicle i think that it's no longer something that starts up like you have to go turn it on and that's when your engagement with your vehicle begins we're moving into this kind of you need to be able to seamlessly um uh transfer you know between your modes and i think in the home that has happened a lot where, you know, your your home systems are so much more connected, your lights, you know, Google, Alexa, Siri, all of that has kind of created these new expectations. And the, the brands and uh, products that are executing on that, I think, are um are going to benefit the, the ones that are earlier into that the teslas i would say most of the ones that are really uh, executing on the, the electric vehicle platforms you know kia is doing a great job uh hyundai as well those ones i think are going to continue to win win the day and the ones that still lag on that user experience side of things and that connectivity um are gonna have to play some catch-up and,
3: and that that honestly flows perfectly into a second you know major trend I saw which was uh, more intentional design for consumer expectations and you know connecting all of our products and and, and in a a different case you know in the LG booth in particular uh, the way that they were connecting you know the hidden appliances like water heaters air conditioners <clears throat> everything just looks like it fits together. Everything is smart. Uh, the way that they're messaging the products, uh, everything feels a lot more friendly to the consumer than I've seen in the, in the past. And uh, another, you know, bullet point under that is moving further and further into sustainable design. Um, you know, while there's still room to improve, it's it's nice to see the developments. And you know, I just think that rather than becoming smoke and mirrors for the sake of showing off technology a lot of what we saw was very applicable to what people want today which is you know what Jason was saying is that seamless connection between home and vehicle but also everything else you're utilizing in the home as well
0: yeah i mean how much of this do you, do you guys fair in think is greenwashing um and and or forced forced narratives um versus like legit stuff that's that's my first question i know jason you got your hand up and the second one is um i recently saw a little little um video snippet of um Dita Rams walking through MoMA or something like that, and pointing out all the the bits of furniture in there, and he's going, "This is shit. This is shit. This shouldn't be in this museum." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you, I think you reckon Dita Rams from, has been yeah. to CES or he like, avoids yeah. it like the plague?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, one thing that like we do a lot, or we actually get projects in, uh, or. Uh, Somebody approaches us about building, you know, a sustainable, you know, a sustainability initiative. I think the thing we, we always come back to is sustainability doesn't need to be the, you know, the front leading story for a consumer, I think, for sustainability to be successful. And, and in most cases you see a sustainable platform, both in like material and for the business and for efficiencies and for longevity of a product is much more sustainable and it sells better than, you know, bamboo and green colors and trying to tell people to buy it because it's sustainable. So there, I saw a lot less of that this year than I would have thought. There was a lot more maturity in yeah. storytelling around recycled plastics, but it it wasn't, like, years past. I know this is my first CES, but in years past, you know, that's been... We've kind of matured through that. People know, like, you better be using some recycled plastics. It's also good business to do that. Um, But what we really... uh, To to Simon's point, was, like, those... Every one of, like, the kind of large players, so LG, uh, Samsung, Hisense, um, even, like, Bosch, they all... I was actually kind of surprised to see this orchestrated this way, but every one of them tried to somehow tie their product portfolio of their kitchen. You know, the the things are usually kind of the, the sexy new design stories, like you know, your kitchen appliances, those ones mm. that you really think about and use every day, and not the water heater that's in your garage or your HVAC system outside or a mini split. They all had the same setup of, you know, a light, a light strip trying to connect all of these together to speak to that, you know, energy footprint and the connectivity between all of these. And I I'd say some of the brands, uh, LG felt like it, it struggled uh, to communicate that as cohesively as maybe Hisense did. I would say Hisense, if you go look at some of those products, didn't necessarily like didn't necessarily have like as good of a design execution, but it was uh, like cohesive. It looked like all of them had been designed at the same time. I wouldn't say they're pushing the limits the way Samsung does with like their bespoke uh, kind of aesthetic. And I'd say this year it felt like they really understood they have to tell that story but some of the design on those kind of you know water heater or like a heat pump water heater you know those weren't as cool as i think they they will be next yeah. year i I, yeah. I kind of fully expect some of those less you know like thought of and uh, less sexy kind of items that are part of our energy footprint are you know those are becoming more top of mind i think with you know climate change you know inflation reduction act you know driving uh you know subsidies for for you know putting in new Systems in your home, so these guys need to start com- competing at a higher level, and I think bringing that up and anchoring that to design executions like Samsung Bespoke uh, will help tie together. I think design and quality and trust, kind of execution. So that's that's what I would expect to see kind of next year. Just to contextualize this a little bit, I'm thinking a lot of
0: thoughts as you're talking through that. Um, these are products that they're launching this year, right? This is not a concept like the like some of the other booths that are showing vision of the future so this is like they're they're talking about um tangible business and product offerings that they're bringing to market this year it's kind of like the We'll so, yeah, Samsung review.
1: had like their bespoke kind of hot stuff, but they also felt the need to put like the entire product line yeah. sort of on one Near. wall and put a light strip to each of them as like, yeah. you know, these are all part of one system. And a lot, some of those didn't, like, I was like, nah, yeah. like yeah. I, I love that they all did it sense looked like they designed them all with the same you know same design team same you know timeline on that project they yeah. all looked the same they all had the same kind of gra- like uh, product design identity uh, system mm-hmm. attached to it and mm-hmm. it wasn't as compelling in some ways but you know LG tried to show you know their solar panel their mini split you know and then also try to tie that to like a beautiful freestanding uh bathtub yeah. you know it was really interesting how they're trying to tell this this larger story and I think next year we'll see some more maturity and if we don't then they better get on it (laughs) we will because we're gonna be
0: there with some amazing (laughs) new projects Um, but getting back to the thing about this this second point Simon intentional design for new consumer expectations to me those those are kind of the enablers right of, of a benefit because people are becoming more and more aware and needing of more efficient home systems, Uh, energy prices are going up, Uh, you know, we need to do more with our money. And one of the things we spoke about yesterday, if you remember, is uh, these are products that are launching this year, but um, was there anything conceptual in kind of the home space that really grabbed your attention? Because I know we spoke about, I know Tyler was talking about the influence of the Samsung bespoke kitchen range and that trickling through to LG and everyone else, but. It's, it's kind of the, maybe it's a bit brutal, but to say lipstick on a pig kind of uh, yeah. approach where, you know, that Electrolux Grow concept kitchen 2030 uh, from 2022 was, was very conceptual. It's not something that's coming to market anytime soon, but it shows a brand thinking about how we, how we influence, um, how we cook and consume yeah. food in the kitchen. And it was a very nice, holistic, kind of high design kind of um, concept. But maybe that's CES is not the place for that.
2: I I, I just felt
1: like it wasn't the year for that in some ways. Yeah. 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 And I would yeah, say like some of the appliances shown weren't like new for the show. Like they they just felt the need to bring them and and showcase them as part of the full product line, whether it was like, you know, a, a thing they needed to, you know, showcase and bring a story about. It just happened to be there because yeah. it, it has to be. Yeah. Uh, the ones I mean, like the ones that if, if they still kind of feel hollow, they were really impressive in person was like the transparent displays like LG by far had the coolest one. You can go find plenty of videos about it. That you know, they had like a matrix of these transparent, you know, sixty-five-inch uh, uh, micro LED or LED TVs, and they like moved in three D space, and they, it was like bricks kind of flying around, and then all of a sudden you'd like be able to see through to the people taking pictures on the backside, and it was like, whoa, that's pretty rad, but what the hell is that going to be used for? You know, I and it's going to be.
0: uh yeah, there's going to come a time when someone gets caught with their pants down behind one of those TVs too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, like LG, kind of like was really captivating, and then Samsung, I was, they had the same thing. And what they did was they had like uh, kind of a a you know a closed-in box where there was TVs along a back wall showing like a soccer game, and then they had a bunch of transparent TVs doing the pop-ups of like player statistics and like, you really didn't get the depth of it. And it was just, I was like, it's still not mature. What's the use case here. Whereas, you know, Samsung frame, you know, art mode was in every TV booth, you know, that has become an, like an industry norm. Like your TV shouldn't turn off and be a black, you know, plane floating in your space. It it should serve a second purpose. Yeah. I mean, I've got, you know, good segue to, I think like, what could be the next topic is, you know, sustainability, You'd, you see like real pl- uh, practical you know, like dominoes falling into other industries from, you know, the the maturity of electric uh, kind of uh, electric drivetrains uh, or the technology and the, you know, the systems around those moving over into either like uh, agriculture tech, like robotic autonomous, you know, farm vehicles. There's a ton of that. There's a ton of like really cool concepts from from like Hyundai, but Supernal's uh, like Vertiport. Uh, that they built out the parking lot was like the first thing we wanted to see. So Simon, you know, uh, that that morning we got up early, try to book it straight over and be there for when there's supposed to be some sort of event. And we walk, we walk like, you know, two miles to get to this thing past West Hall. And we walk out and They're like, sorry, guys, they published it wrong. It's media only. And we we're like, God damn. So we went to the we actually I'll circle back to that. But we went into the, like the far side of the West Hall. And actually, first thing we saw when we walked in was one of the kind of two lead Electric, uh, electric, uh, kind of sustainable RV concepts. That's really trying to like, you know, market disruptor for, uh, recreational vehicles for, um, you know, hitch towable ones. Uh, the one that was there was Pebble. The other one that I, I can't wait to see in person is, is light ship. I've got a couple of buddies that worked on that one, but Pebble really, you know, uh, really surprised me in its execution. Uh, so if you're not aware of this one it's uh it's the one that's got like electric powered wheels so it can drive itself up to connect to your hitch so instead of you know the the like difficulty of backing up a truck or to to match up your hitch location they've got you know uh, an electric you know uh, platform and an app and you know everything is executed quite beautifully what really struck me was you know our you know Brendan Karen's roots. Our roots are kind of uh, uh, doing aircraft interiors at Boeing. That's that's where we met. And this felt like a first class aircraft interior, like first class suite, you know, uh, that you Mm. you could take out and live in in the outdoors. It was it was absolutely stunning. The way they used the light really made the space feel huge. There, you know, in the center section, I could stand at six foot three uh, up fully, uh, which is also where the the shower and uh, bathroom are located. You know two deployable beds. it was it was pretty, uh, pretty amazing. And this is one of those ones I think that really uh, strikes that p- the product is the story and the product and brand really both like came hot out of the gate together. And it was one of the ones I still, you know, I, it's going to be in, on some people's inspiration boards from walking around that show for sure. Mm.
3: Totally. And, and you know, in that. So that was in the auto tech hall. And yeah. just that hall alone was just Every, everywhere you look, it was the future of transport and, you know, <clears throat> LiDAR autonomous vehicles. I was surprised. There was probably like a good quarter mile that I walked and it was all wow. LiDAR technologies. There was nothing like, you know, compared to the Kia booth with all of these, you know, beautiful, you know, uh, screens and everything. It was it was just one booth after the other with LiDAR technologies and That's every single booth was packed with uh with people so it, it was interesting to see like it doesn't always take like this incredible booth design to bring attention it's it's like this is where we're going and people want to know what 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 your technology is and uh you know and it was interesting because you know some of the ag tech stuff that we saw from hyundai and john deere and a couple other <clears throat> exhibitors uh you know like like this this really is sort of like this sign going back to this show feeling like this isn't just, you know, showing off technology for the future, like everything felt like it's it's already here. It's just about, you know, how quickly is it going to be implemented? And a lot of these have been implemented like now or in the next year. So yeah. from the audience
1: perspective, here's where our brand is going. And, you know, the the concepts they showed, I think oh, a lot of them really delivered on. And then there was a lot that like I couldn't tell what the product was, but man, did they spent a lot of money on their show. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it, was, it, it, it was it was. Yeah. Exactly. Well.
3: Exactly. So, so yeah, the Autotech auto hall, I think, was uh, one of the, one of the big surprises mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. I I was not expecting to be as uh, pleased as I was. I'll say that much.
0: I've heard some funny things over the past week about um, about AutoTech and showing up at at CES. And someone said, I think uh,
1: it's CES is where concept cars go to die. <laughs> yeah. <so> be, <laughs> So uh, and I think uh, I think that's that's very I mean like there was like the Mullen one there's there was a few a few cars that like the the Sony or the Afila one it was yeah you know, a lot of people were standing yeah, around yeah. it's just like there's no soul why? to that thing yeah why uh, whereas you know it, those ones aren't anchored to like a new brand vision which is I think why we spent so much time yeah. talking about Kia yeah. Kia is really a brand vision and like if if they go that way and the product comes out you know within that framework I think it's going to be pretty effective and it'll mm-hmm. be well. Orchestrated, whereas you know, a product for product's sake and a bunch of tech stories were not really don't really resonate, I think, mm. like they used to. Yeah. Um, well, br-
3: bring, bringing it back to the storytelling though, the super null, uh, EVTOL yeah. terminal that was that was yeah. definitely the, the big standout because you know, as, as, as Jason was saying, we did show up. Um, it, it was unfortunately media day, but we when we went back, um, I mean, this, this whole thing was built to be like in the it was in the parking lot like a standalone E tall terminal like this is what it will look and feel like to you know whether you're at an airport or who mm. knows where getting in and boarding an EV tall with their you know ev taller concept um on full display so mm. that was one of the coolest examples of um not just E v tall but tying it back to that holistic brand and product experience that was well captured.
0: And I just want to maybe get both of you to speak a little bit to how impressive the, the spend was on (laughs) the physical mockups and the, and, and the, and the holistic, well, maybe we're going, maybe that's point. No,
1: No, I think, I mean, I excited I like talked through, you know, Superdoll coming out of this looks like they're way ahead of the game. I think they're doing the industry a service by showing up with a full scale cosmetic mockup uh, of an evolved vehicle. Like so uh, if you aren't aware, if you go to our website, there's a there's a case study we did 2020 2021 called Concept Rise, where we envisioned, you know, both the future of the infrastructure around EV toll, which we got to design a vehicle to help like uh, illustrate that that vision and that concept. Um, a lot of cool similarities between the vehicles, uh, and where the, where these guys ended up, but
2: Supernova's doing
1: like a, a huge service (laughs) to the industry by showcasing spending, you know, 10 plus million dollars, probably, you know, this cosmetic mockup was impressive. Uh, but they also had, you know, the mockup of the, um, you know, air tra- air traffic control system, you know, the the UI, the interface. So you really get to see the full picture and be in the physical space was it was pretty, uh, pretty incredible to see how far we're, we're we've come. I would say Superdahl isn't one of the ones on the top of my list of like, I expect these guys to be off the ground and in service first. I'd say that's still Archer and Joby. And those are the ones with like big partnerships with Delta and United. Um, But what was pretty impressive is like seeing the resolution that we've gotten to in the last like year and a half from, you know, none of this really defined yet. Um, I walked away just like fully, you know just mm. stoked on what the future of travel looks like and I, I think yeah. this is this yeah. is you know when it comes together with this type of vision this type of execution it's a it's an aspirational thing it's it's sustainable but it doesn't scream sustainability it's a it's a beautiful new experience and I can see it shifting you know consumer behaviors in uh in more sustainable ways of taking less you know international flights and actually flying more regionally to explore and you know be a be a tourist in your own state in in ways that would be a four-hour drive it's now a 45 minute flight and that's that's the future i'm i'm looking forward to mm. and maybe just end on it
0: or maybe to start with it um the ag tech side too oh, yeah. is quite often the the unsexy cousin of all the other vehicle um of the vehicle family um but i we see huge opportunity there, right? Yeah. Like all of the automation. This one's like and
1: top three on the list of if we get a new yeah. pro, a new cool project this yeah. year. Like I would love to do autonomous, you know, electric agriculture yeah. and technology, you know, vision. Yeah. Uh, what we so I sat through like the Kubota, um, you know, heavy machinery booth. Uh, they had they had something out in the parking lot with like a a beautiful like you know four minute uh, video produced with like great you know uh, After Effects UI overlays talking through the full story of how they're going to integrate, you know, electric autonomous or, you know, app controlled um, robotic farming equipment that's, you know, from a a lawnmower for your large property to, you know, uh, cleaning up, uh, you know, apples that have fallen off trees in in your orchard. Um, What what they kind of painted as like the, the future business model of this is, you know, less labor, but. Uh, a family with, you know, three kids can manage, you know, a ton of acreage and their their children can, you know, use an app and mow the lawn and they can still live like a manageable life. That's what I really took away from that. And then the screen came up and like a Lexus concept car, um, you know, tractor was behind the screen. It was a Lexus concept car from, you know, 10 years ago. And I think that's the unfortunate thing is, uh, the, the, d- the design execution for this industry has not caught up with, I think the opportunity that's there, uh, um, you saw a lot of like other smaller kind of Chinese companies that were in the space with, you know, uh, modular systems for you know large weed cutting to then switching out to a, like a basic lawnmower setup to tilling and those are some really cool little concepts and they had they had like a little brutalist design language uh, execution but they were projects that I'm like man I would love to get I would love to like jump into that and see what would really serve this market well so that's Holy that's goodness. where I see that one going yeah. I'm just looking
0: at that Kubota concept tractor, yeah. and you're right, it's a dead ringer of a Lexus concept yeah. from... I don't, I'm not even a vehicle guru, but yeah. I recognize it, that
1: it looks like it's going to take off and drive too fast and run over one of your children. And like, <laughs> no, no offense to, to the to the designers that worked on that, but I think the what what if you look at like what's happening, you know, Pebble, mm. great example of like it's a beautiful, trustworthy, you know, like it's 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 an experience, you know, almost a first class experience you would you would look to have in the air is now on the ground and a thing yeah. you can take out, and it's better than you know an ultra light trailer. It's much more expensive but i think it's gonna it's gonna switch people from wanting you know a classic airstream their whole life to going oh wow look at this option this Mm. is the airstream you know of the future uh so i think there's you know those that idea of like you know trustworthiness durability safety in a machine that size that like needs to be you know approached with care in design and that yeah that that hits on
0: that point that we were talking about yesterday with um Yeah, these, these cyborg dogs and, um, humanoid robots and, (laughs) and, um, you know, something that looks, you know, a digger that looks like a, a basically a robotic T-Rex. Um, the language is a little bit out of lockstep with bringing people on along, making people feel comfortable with the future of automated technologies. So I think, um, there's maybe a humanity that's missing in some of, some of this, uh, this language, but, um,
1: Nah, nah, cool. I it brings going, up a question for the group from, from my end is yeah. like you know you look at like figure and like tesla's you know uh, the humanoid robot stuff yes. there's so many of those startups right now and yeah it's uh, it's for me, it's it's odd that they're going for the human form, but yeah. you also see like when you don't go for the human form, how odd it can look too. Yeah, so it's yeah. a it's a difficult challenge, but it kind of scares me because most of our inspiration is from apocalyptic robot movies, you know. Yeah, you know that that term, uncanny valley, um, yeah. where
0: robots get so close to human, but they're just the uncanny valley is that they're just a little bit off that we we can tell that they're not human, but. Um, Ex marketer, yeah, yeah, ex marketer. that, that oh, thing. Polar, have you, have you seen?
2: Express. <laughs> <Polar Express>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> have you seen? Have you seen that Tesla robot folding clothes, folding T-shirts? Yes, yeah. yeah. Holy shit, that yeah. scares me because they're yeah. like, oh, you could because to the layman, you could be like, oh, it's a bit slow and clumsy, but you're like, <laughs> it looks a little overbuilt for that job. <laughs>
2: Yeah, sure. Also, I don't, I don't trust anybody else to that. do my
0: laundry. <laughs> Unless you're a billionaire, you can have yeah. uh, a robot in your house to do all your laundry. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. point four: um, uh, AI and uh, augmented reality slash virtual reality. We uh, we we thought it was a bit of a wah wah. Um,
1: still needs to mature uh i know a lot of people like were talking all, about it uh, all the blogs or that you know everybody that covered cs is like it was the year of ai and i was like i don't know about you simon but walking around um i didn't see any application of it really you know of the artificial intelligence we're being told about, of you know, large language models getting to the to the maturity that like they're just going to start, you know, being a, an actual companion that gets things done for you. I, I, it's become kind of a u- ubiquitous term that I don't see in real application. It didn't feel like it was there at that show. I thought there was a lot more real storytelling around product than than that.
3: Yeah, I th- I thought you know I-, I saw a lot of like AI popping up in product marketing. You know there were I, I can't even count how many full width LED dashboards I saw on some of the concept cars that were touting AI this AI that. Yeah. uh You know there's I think like some various cooking appliances like air fryer type stuff that touts AI. I mean I I understand that, but but in terms of like real maturity. Uh, I I just I didn't see it, but there was one product that unfortunately was not on the floor, at least what I saw, but was announced was the rabbit, uh, which, you know, made all the news. It's um, it's in collaboration with teenage engineering. Uh, It's a handheld large language model device that essentially becomes, you know, a layer between you and your iPhone and understands how to use apps. Uh, it knows how to play songs. It, it, it's sort of a personal assistant. So that to me was interesting, but I was a little disappointed that I did not see the booth there. And from what I could tell, they did not have a presence there to look at the product. They made the announcement there, but you could not actually see the product there. And based on their uh early sales that happened over the following couple of days i was like man these guys had to have a booth there i'm 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 shocked i I think they
1: might have been at like i don't know like the venetian like one of those those other halls i don't know if they were one of the ones that could be up in you know where uh, lg and samsung had had their sections uh yeah i mean the the follow-up reports of that one is like you know uh, rabbit AI has like secured 10, like $10 million in pre-orders, uh, off of good design. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like it's really easy to poke a hole in that concept if it's supposed to be you know it's a phone but not a phone and it like can go do all these things where I'm like how soon is one of the you know Google or Apple going to just incorporate that same thing they're just they're doing they're you know probably testing it out and making sure it's right or an app that's on that phone is going to do this same thing so it, it feels like you know right time right place it's uh, a type of concept it's a gadget yeah, um, yeah. and it's cool ever looking.
0: remember yeah. the, the, the magazine uh, you know Stuff Magazine and T3 and yeah. they used to put gadgets in every month yeah. and that would have been the, the poster child of the centerfold of the yeah. gadget magazine. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think on the um, just knowing what we know about AI let's, let's get a bit granular about this. AI means artificial intelligence and there's all sorts of subsets, right? So there's uh, and one of those subsets is machine learning and we know for a fact that uh, on two projects we're working on at least, um, machine learning is is happening, right? Um, and so it's, but we also know that it's n- incredibly nascent. So I think that it's to, to the point about still needing to mature, I think what we're going to see over the coming um, 12 to 24 months is maybe... The, the, the painful reality of a, a bunch of junk hitting the, hitting the market that is trying to leverage things like machine learning and AI, but you'll, you'll have that first wave and then you'll have um, the high value um, products, particularly in the healthcare spaces uh, and the clean tech spaces that, that uh, Maybe T- Tyler will have some thoughts on this. What do you call them? The large language models? Yeah, um, that can, what it, I'll get to that in a second, but products and services and platforms that can analyze and make sense of data in ways we've never been able to before and then create real value for business. And whether that comes through in a product or a service or a, a new business model, I think that's the exciting thing that's, that's going to be on our doorstep soon. Yeah.
2: I think I think one of the biggest things here is like, yes, these these top three, you know, big companies such as like, you know, Apple, Microsoft and Facebook, who are like actively working on this in the background. um, You know, it's already in a platform that exists. Yeah. Um, So basically, rabbit came out of the gate saying, you know, the the way to get this in front of people's faces to make kind of flashy, cool, like have people actually interact with it is not really fight, you know, in the app store um you know for you know that usage but let's put it in a you know physical platform yeah and clean design you know, have, simple interface yeah, where you go truth. like could yeah. it be this easy like it's got right. that yeah. going for it for sure and them yeah. teaming mm-hmm. up with uh teenage engineering was you know uh, for them right. a really smart move because you know what they yeah. did was pretty much like uh benefit off the nostalgia factor which you know um uh, yeah, teenage engineering is you got that game boy pocket color yeah it Uh, does it's fun like people just want to play with that and interact with it and it's actually got a pretty decent price point for you know what it is and um at the end of the day i think it's they're going to benefit off of like you know these pre-order sales like you know generate this revenue and then you know inject that back into their large language model and that build that up a little bit more but i feel like you know um, somewhere down the line, you know, they're going to get acquired yeah. at, at some point. Mm. Yeah, but, yeah It kind of reminds
0: but, me of, um, sorry to, um, cut you off, Jason. It reminds me a little bit of, uh, was it, um, is it nobody it, headphones? Is that what it was called? Nothing. Uh, the yeah, with, nothing. Nothing. Nothing, right? nothing, nothing yeah. head, headphones that they had the transparent case. Yeah. And, um, I was like, what is it about this product that everyone's going bananas over? <laughs> um. And it was just a transparent housing. and But um, over time, you know, they've stayed with it and they've built a great product at a, at a good price point. So there's a Have chance. Have you there's... ever
1: seen somebody carrying one around in person?
0: <laughs> no. No, I <laughs> no. haven't. <laughs> I'm glad there's consensus here, but we've yeah. got to be careful because uh, um, there's some purists out there. Yeah. that. On I mean,
1: the, uh, yeah, I mean, but market success man yeah, yeah. let's <laughs> like gotta see what really plays out over time. so the the big one that i, I like my biggest letdown of the show like while we're still on the top of kind of like ai stuff was uh you know in our business as usual like insight report you know we took a little more kind of granular look at what we believe will be the the earliest kind of true use cases and like the beneficial kind of outcomes uh, will be will be seen from ai uh, most of the talk is around like you know Uh, you know, music and image creation, and like how it's going to affect creativity. And what we think is like, you know, a lot of these are really going to help in the health, health space, health tech space of like diagnostics and all. So, I like on the second day tried to go find that area, and that was probably like the biggest letdown for me was there was very little being talked about. It's like these guys struggled to um, really bring into a physical space, like their mission and where they're going. So like Abbott laboratories, uh, just mm. like, I think like pretty decent brand, you know, they, they did really yeah. well through, uh, through COVID. And, uh, I mean, I think well-regarded I, I, we walked beside or I, I walked into that booth, uh, thinking it was going to be, you know, like a uh, forward, which is uh really cool health tech, um, startup as well more of like a, a primary care uh kind of uh genius bar execution uh i walked into this space where there's all these screens with, with with like it looked like an instant diagnostics thing that was going to grab some biometrics and like see that i was completely hung over and i walked into this really cool person <laughs> space stood in front of a screen and it did a countdown and it said one two three smile <laughs> and it took a photo and it and it tried to get my email to send me it to get on their email list. And I was like, what is this? And that was, I think, like pretty consistent across like health tech at CES. And I didn't see much uh, in the way of like real you know, future concept of where they're going. And it's really disappointing because I think there's so much yeah. opportunity there. Um, and I think we're going to see stuff still in the, in the coming yeah. years.
3: Big, big, huge, I would see a huge missed opportunity because, you know, what we were talking about when we were talking earlier about consumer tech, you know, a lot of this stuff was like, okay, we're going to be seeing this in Q3 of 2024 at Best Buy or, you know, whatever online. Um, but the health tech, it, it, it almost felt like they took a step backwards. Um, so So while some of it mm-hmm. was nice to see grounded in reality… Other things were not so nice to see overly grounded in reality, Yeah, uh, especially in the health tech space where we're like, yeah. we, we want to see yeah. more futuristic. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. totally. And just uh, yeah, extracting the reason why we want to see that from our insight report. Um, Healthcare is not getting any cheaper anytime soon. Um, doctors are not getting less busy. Uh, staff shortages and hospital beds and... Um, yeah, no, the strain on the system is is uh, only going to get get bigger for the foreseeable future. So anything that can um, offset that, um, preventative care, um, rapid yeah. diagnostics, or, yeah. or faster diagnostics, or earlier treatment, um, those are, those are potentially huge wins. But I can understand maybe a lot of companies are keeping their cards close to their yeah. chest too. So, ah.
1: so. yeah. <laughs> Was that? <laughs> uh, um, i mean i think maybe to just kind of transition to the next section I, like what you always love to see at shows like this is you know like the ar augmented reality virtual reality you know apple doesn't want to call their their new product uh, augmented reality but like post ces yes. they they've managed to do like two yeah. really beautiful video drops and they are the whole conversation around that space i mean there was you know booth after booth of Mm -hmm. some sort of video game hardware and more immersive. And like, that's what we're always moving towards. And I think Brennan to your point, like, you know, the the cost of living is going up and health and food and, you know, housing and then, you know, TVs are getting cheaper and cheaper and now they're transparent yeah. like cool well let's see some let's see some innovation and some progress so you know yeah. I, I didn't you know there was plenty of people waiting in line to go try out a new VR headset but there was a uh, the, the ones that really grabbed me in the end uh, were some of like the the kind of content production and like the, the business efficiency of you know brand content production and, you know, filmmaking and storytelling. And storytelling. those are ones that I, I'd love to do, you know, get exposed to and do some work in that space. So it's, it's very cool. Uh, we've we've seen, you know, uh, Mandalorian, like the, the volume where actors can exist in a space where the, you know, unreal engine is, is projected on LED screens and that light is hitting their faces and they, they're immersed mm-hmm. in that environment. And hopefully the acting and writing needs to be better to kind of carry all that. But the acting definitely is better in a space like that. You start to see this is like really maturing and trickling to down to thing. yeah to smaller teams, and Sony had like uh, opened up this new thing called uh, or announced a new I think division called Torchlight, which is. Basically, like in there, I think Culver City Studios, uh, filmmakers can come in and move around in, you know, a captured digital space anywhere in the world. And basically, they can move their camera around as if they're, you know, in Italy on location and practice, you know, their blocking and their movements and where they're taking the cameras, how how their actors are moving or action scenes, how those are going to take place in a physical uh, location on Earth. Um, and it utilizes, you know, a combination of the kind of these, these new, um, evolved technologies that have come from the video game world and now are you know being utilized to create real real world content. Uh, so that stuff is, I think it's so cool to keep an eye on how quickly that's progressing Mm -hmm. and every little tool seems to solve another efficiency problem and, and open up more creative uh, opportunity for at a cheaper and cheaper price point. Um, that just, you know, for, for me, it's like, oh man, the way you could orchestrate a brand as a small team, uh, around your product just becomes more possible to get in there at the earlier stages and, and really, you know, develop a brand and develop a product. Um, kind of launch with more, you know, resolution and more granular control, so that it it goes right. Mm.
3: Absolutely, and you know, the, the the big thing about seeing those, you know, live in the in the booth, you know, whether it was the porch light or or a couple of other examples that I saw. I mean, it without. An immersive experience it's really hard to imagine any of these technologies which is one of the other highlights the the top booths i mean this, this isn't rocket science and, and it's not new for ces 2024 but it just goes to show like how important creating immersive experiences are going back to the first point of the call which is connecting that brand and product story. Yeah. uh it, it, it really was, you know, like the 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 products, the brands that really stood out for me, like it wasn't just about the product. It was really showing out, turning out, showing up like like this is who we are. Like, like I felt removed from the trade show floor yeah. when I was in their booth um, uh, and, wow. and 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 I, I feel like, you know, like that, even if you can deliver that experience in a Web page or, you know, in using your product. I mean, I just feel like it's, it's a the, the, the porch light is just a perfect metaphor for a lot of the best stuff that we saw at the show and then the yeah. expectations that we're going to have going forward.